impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Ted Fayton here, host of the Modern Man Podcast. First, thank you for listening. And just really quick, I wanted to make sure I warned you about some explicit content that's included in this episode. I still think it's a message that you need to hear, so I'm happy to share it, but just wanted to give you a heads up. You might find some of the language offensive. And if you are sensitive to that, I won't take offense if you decide to skip it. If not, I think you'd really enjoy the content. So thank you for your support and enjoy the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Modern Man, where we are on a mission to connect men in pursuit of their potential. If you are looking to embrace discomfort, cultivate community, and unlock potential, you are in the right spot. And that's what exactly what we talk about here on the podcast. And I got to say, I'm excited to have today's guests, Michael Taylor, on the call. Michael, we go back, but this is the first official kind of broadcast we're having for the people. Well, I'm excited about it because obviously I've had you on my show. Yeah. And I was really inspired by the work that you were doing. You actually contributed to my Black Men Summit, which was awesome. Appreciate you sharing your wisdom there. So I'm really excited to be on this podcast with you today. Yeah, absolutely. And for a proper introduction of you for folks who have not been familiar with your work before, my man has written over 10 books, (laughs) just finished your 11th. You've been in not just the men's mental health space, but the Black men's mental health space as an author, entrepreneur, speaker, motivational speaker, and coach. And I'd love to give you kind of a stage to introduce a little bit more of your story to the guys so they can kind of learn a little bit more about who you are. And then we could jump into something that we were talking about before that I think is going to be very valuable for the guys. All right. So let's go back. Oh, gosh. (laughs) 1985 or so. So at the age of 23, I was living the American dream. I had Mm -hmm. the house the wife, the 2.5 kids and all of that. And by society standards, I was pretty successful. And within approximately a six and a half year time frame, that American dream turned into the American nightmare as I went to divorce, mm. bankruptcy, foreclosure, depression. I was actually homeless for two years living out of my car. And during the darkest period of my life, I received a miracle. I was sitting up late one night because I was too depressed to sleep. And I was sitting at the edge of my bed, looking across the room at my bookshelf, when I happened to notice that every book on my bookshelf has something to do with getting rich or making money. (laughs) And as I looked at those books, this question just popped in my head. Michael, what if you took all the energy and effort you've used in trying to get rich and simply figure out how to be happy? (laughs) Now, as simple as that question may sound, it literally changed and saved my life in an instant. And as a result of asking that question, I stopped reading books on getting rich and making money. I started reading books on psychology, philosophy, spirituality, metaphysics. And I went on this amazing, what I'll call transformational journey. And so it's been some 25, almost 30 years now, and I'm still on this amazing journey. But I was able to rebuild my life. And I decided I wanted to share the lessons that I learned with other men. And so I started writing back in 1995. I wrote my first book targeted specifically to Black men called Brothers Are You Listening? A Success Guide for the New Millennium. And I've been committed to men's work and empowering men for the past 30 years or so. And it's an honor to have you on the show. And I'm going to start calling you Coach Coach Taylor, or is it Coach Michael they call you? Coach Michael T. <laughs> Coach Michael T. Given the time to this podcast today to help us grow together. And here's the thing. I love the fact that you describe it as what if I spent all that energy of getting rich into getting happy? Because a lot of us kind of chased one 
thing for so long in our lives. And some of us are, I will say, unfortunate enough to get it, realizing it's not what we wanted. Kind of that saying or that quote, you know, men go fishing to realize it's not the fish that they're after. Or we search the world for something only to come back home to find it. Or we just think success is going to give us happiness. And we think we're happy, but when we look in the mirror, it's not quite there. What's that disconnect for us? Well, you know, for me, when I asked myself that question, what I realized was I hadn't felt happy in a very long time. Mm -hmm. I had all the stuff, but there was something missing that I really couldn't put my finger on. And what the thing that was missing was happiness, true, authentic happiness. Because unfortunately, as men, we're conditioned to believe that we have three primary responsibilities, what I call the three P's, procreate, provide, and protect. So as men, what do we do? We procreate, we try to provide, we try to protect. Yeah. Unfortunately, what the society and culture didn't teach us how to do as men is to connect. And so how do we connect? Well, in order to connect, we have to be in touch with our emotions. We have to be in touch with how we feel. And so happiness is a feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go through a process of dealing with a lot of childhood trauma stuff to get to that place where I could feel again, where I could connect with my emotions and express them authentically. And it's part of the journey. And for me, because of some of the trauma I had, it was an emotional journey that I had to go through. I had to be willing to really heal some deeply rooted stuff, you know, that a lot of men, as men, we don't talk about. But it allowed me to connect with my authentic self. And that's where my true happiness comes from. I think that's a great selling point for a lot of guys is, hey, if you're looking for that true happiness, this is what you need to do. The hard part for so many of us, whether it's ego, denial, is is admitting that we need some work to do. A lot of us like to think, okay, we got this figured out or whatnot, or we live this with this facade in front of us, or as you have the, the five illusions of manhood that is almost probably like a weight on us from getting to what we really truly desire in life. Yeah. Well, first of all, it is my belief that the three most difficult words for any man to say is I need help Mm. because we live in a culture that has conditioned us once again, that we're supposed to be tough. We're supposed to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. You know, we're supposed to be real men, whatever the hell that means. And so, first of all, we have to understand and remove the stigma around asking for support, asking for help. There's no shame or there should be no shame or embarrassment in saying, I need help. And when a man can get to that point where he says, I need help, then his transformational journey begins. But that is a really difficult thing for most men to do, once again, because of our culture and how we're conditioned as men. Mm. So again, that was that was one of my greatest challenges, being willing to say, I need help. And so as a result of gaining the courage to say I need help, you know, back in the 1990s, I decided that I wanted to go to therapy because I read a book by a guy named John Bradshaw. And in the book, he said, in order to heal, you must be willing to create what he called an internal bridge, an internal connection with another human being. And I realized that I had been isolating myself from people as a result of my, my divorce and depression. And that interpersonal bridge is what he called it, that interpersonal bridge with another human being. And I had disconnected from people. I was isolated, staying at home, going to work, coming home, being depressed. 
Well, I needed to create that interpersonal bridge. So I decided to go to therapy and it was the best decision of my life Mm -hmm. because in a lot of ways, it literally saved my life because by gaining that courage to take that first step, it's how my journey began. And so for some men, therapy may be the answer. For some men, it may be going to a workshop. For some men, it may be reading the right book or listening to an audio program. But as men, we just have to be willing to take the chance to step outside of the old man box that we've been trapped in, you know, and we got to be willing to admit that, yeah, we as men should seek happiness, but not from outside of us. Yeah. But from within us. So what keeps us from being happy, I believe, are these five illusions of manhood that I wrote about in my book called a new conversation with men. So if you'd like, I I can share those five illusions. Yeah. Because I think, so many of us have what we call these shallow relationships, right? Where you might have, and I think I referenced on an earlier episode, you might have a thousand contacts in your phone, but feel like you have nobody to call. Or you could be in a sports bar full of people cheering on your favorite team, but feel like nobody truly knows what you're going through or who you are. And here we are in this dilemma where we are surrounded by people, yet we feel lonely. We have all these contacts, yet we have no one to reach out to. So I do think this isolation is something that a lot of us go through. And this is coming from somebody who has, you know, being a married man now, I cherish and enjoy my alone time, man. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things I really love, right? And it's important for us to be comfortable with being by ourselves. But that could also be a vice that does more harm than good. So I'd love for you to kind of unpack more of that and dig deeper into these illusions because we might get too comfortable with our solitude, which can then play into the shallowness of our relationships. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. So let's look at illusion number one. (laughs) Illusion number one is to be a man, you must be non-emotional and disconnected. You see, we live in a culture that has conditioned men to believe that feelings are for women, that, you know, women, it's okay to feel and express those emotions. But as men, a lot of us can only deal with two emotions, which is anger and rage, which is kind of the same thing. But we are comfortable with anger. We aren't comfortable with things like sadness or fear or joy. So for us as men, we have to get comfortable with all of our emotions and recognize that emotions are neither good nor bad. They just are. It's how our body communicates with us. It's how our spirit speaks to us, if you will. So I believe feelings are the language of the soul. And when we suppress, repress, and deny those feelings, that's what keeps us from being happy. Because if we have stuff repressed and suppressed, and most of it is sadness, fear, negative emotions, if you will, those things If we don't learn how to release those things, we can't get to the joy because it covers up the joy. So it's really about us as men being comfortable, recognizing that as men, men are just as emotional as women. There's absolutely no different. Women are not more emotional than men. They've just been conditioned to be okay with expressing those emotions. (laughs) And so as men, we have to get comfortable connecting with our emotions and being able to express them authentically. So that's number one. You want to yeah. comment on that before I go to the next one? No, absolutely. Because my initial thought process, right? And it goes back into kind of what you mentioned before, the, the three Ps, right? Procreate, provide, and protect. When I think of the emotion, I laugh about being the logical-minded thought process and having that foundation for me. I think, well, what if the emotion hinders my ability to make decisions? <laughs> 
Like that's the first thought that comes to mind. And I just had to say that because I know someone's listening right now. One of the guys are listening is like, ah, I don't want the emotions to impact my decisions. But see, but that's the thing. As men, we spend so much time in our intellect. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. But what happens is you can't connect with your head. <laughs> you can only <laughs> connect with your heart. And so for the men out there who are watching this and they're going, well, I don't need to be emotional. I can think my way through it. See, that's what I used to think. As a matter of fact, when I went, when I went to therapy the first time, I'll never forget. I was trying to convince the therapist how smart I was because of everything I read about depression. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, it can, that, you know, being stuck in our heads, it can really be a detrimental thing to our well-being and our health. We have to be willing to get out of our heads and get into our hearts. Get into our hearts, the emotion of or the, the illusion of non-emotion and disconnected, number one. What's, yep. what's number two? Number two, to be a man, you must use sexual conquest as a gauge for manhood. Mm. <laughs> See, from a very early age as boys, we're taught that our job is to sleep with as many women as possible. Our job is to have sex. That's what we're supposed to do. Most of the stuff we do as teenagers is geared around trying to figure out how to have sex. Why? Because our society has conditioned us to believe that by having sex, I put a notch on my belt, I'm a real man. Mm -hmm. And so that's an illusion. Sexual conquest is not a gauge for manhood. And what we as men need to be willing to say and do is number one, understand how if we don't connect to our emotions, when we go to this thing called sex, then what happens is we can't experience true intimacy and connection during the lovemaking process. So when you start talking about this sexual conquest thing, it's really kind of a physical thing. I'm just want to get my rocks off and I'm going to be a man. Mm -hmm. But see, for the men out there who are watching this, ask yourself honestly, have you ever felt disconnected while having sex? And I can assure you, most men, if they'll be honest with themselves, can say, yeah, mm. you know, I was just doing it to maybe prove to my friends that I could have sex. Or, you know, it's just we're trying to validate ourselves as men through this act of sex. Mm. And so we have to flip the script on that. And as men, we have to understand that it's much more important to be willing and able to make love to our mates than just to have sex with them. And in order to do that, we have to be emotional. I feel like that plays into with the illusion number one, in which because we're looking at the sexual conquest, we're leaving the intimacy and that that feeling part out of it, sticking with, again, the logical, putting another notch on our belt. And it's almost perpetuating the isolation that we hope to have. We could engage Absolutely. in the sex, but the intimacy is almost like a defense mechanism that we don't want to cross that line. Well, unfortunately, too many times we confuse intimacy with sex. <laughs> and they're not necessarily the same thing. Mm -hmm. because you can have intimacy. As a matter of fact, you can make love to your mate and never even touch it. Think about that for a minute. Hold on now. <laughs> think, about, think about that for a minute. You can make love to your mate and never even touch them. For example, I've been married for 20 years, 20 plus years now. And sometimes I'll roll over and I'll look at my wife and I'll think about just how happy I am to have her in my life. I look at how blessed I am because she is the absolute perfect person for me. And there's this feeling of love that comes over me that 
in some cases has brought me to tears because I love her that much. And so making love can be just looking at her and counting your blessings to have her in your life. And the feeling that comes over you is nondescript. Yeah. It's something you'll never have through physical sex, but it's possible for us as men if we learn how to connect. So it's important for us to make that distinction. And when we talk about intimacy, because intimacy is the ability to into me see who I am, how I feel, how I connect, how I relate, and be willing to share that without any fear with someone else. And that's where the true connection comes from. Kind of like those moments where I wake up early in the morning and my wife on my left, my little dog puts his head on the right and I'm just surrounded and I'm just like, you know what? Life life is good. (laughs) And, And it's just one of those feelings of just joy, gratitude, and just bliss and being in that moment and, and, not taking it for granted, really. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. When we start talking about things like gratitude and appreciation, you know, those are the, those are feelings. Those are something internal that we feel. And mm-hmm. if we're disconnected from our emotions, like in the first illusion, we can't feel that. We can't experience that. And that's what we really want if we if we'll be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Illusion number three. Illusion number three is to be a man, you must have money and material possessions. Now, first and foremost, absolutely nothing wrong with making money and making tons of it. Don't hear that at all. (laughs) But the problem is, as men, our identities are sometimes wrapped up in our stuff. For example, we meet someone for the first time. One of the things we may do is try to impress that person by taking them to a really fancy restaurant or maybe pulling up in our nice car or, you know, know, we're trying to impress them with things outside of ourselves, which is stuff. Well, you can't build a relationship based on stuff. And when we do that, a lot of times what we're saying unconsciously is, I know you might not like me, but you'll like my stuff. Well, why would we want to be in a relationship with someone who likes our stuff instead of us? (laughs) So what we have to be willing to do is be comfortable and confident enough in ourselves to know that we don't have to impress women with stuff. And we have to make a distinction between impressing someone and leaving an impression on them. Mm. That's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Big difference because we try to impress them with stuff. But if we're able to open our hearts and connect with them, we leave an impression I guarantee you women will like the impression more than the stuff every time. It's kind of like unless, with somebody. Unless she's shallow. Yeah, <laughs> which you probably don't want her anyway. Exactly. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, when somebody walks in a room, regardless of what they have on or this, they, they just have a sense of an identity and almost where it's, hey, oh, the way he's wearing that looks good or this the other thing. And it's not so much that the stuff makes the man, but the man makes the stuff. And it's more or less the way you carry yourself who you are in different moments. And the irony there is when my wife and I first started dating, I was not trying to date her. And the first time she found me attractive when I was in a wife beater and some pajama pants folding some clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's the first time she found me attractive because I was out of it. I was going through a mindset of I'm not chasing women anymore. I'm taking care of my chores so I'm not, because in the olden days, I would try to impress her. I would try to have a nice car and pick her up. And she came early to a barbecue we were going to, and I would have been cleaned or I would have thrown the stuff out and we're like, all right, all right, let's go. But I was like, hey, 
I didn't finish my chores yet. You mind waiting while I finish folding my laundry and then I'll get dressed. We can go. My authentic self, raggedy self is what she found attractive because she said, this man is taking care of his chores, keeping his house in order before having some fun for the day. And he doesn't look bad in a wife beater. <laughs> so the identity of who we are is what attracts a, the right person, I'll say. But see, here's a, the funny story that my wife and I tell is that on our very first date, I took my wife to Pizza Hut. Oh, wow. Now, I took it to Pizza Hut for a couple of reasons. First of all, I personally would never spend a lot of money on somebody I don't know. <laughs> this is just me. I just, that's just never been my thing. And yeah. I'm definitely not the person that's trying to impress you with stuff. I took it to Pizza Hut because I love pizza. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love pizza. And so I said, here's an opportunity. Very first date. Let's see, you know, where it goes. So there's no air about it. There's no, you know, facades about it. Let's just see if we connect. Well, my wife, who actually has a lot of very affluent friends, and when they found out we were dating and I was working in a hardware store, her friend said that she had just settled. Her friend said, you know, you should be with, you know, somebody who has money or whatever. Because, you know, I'm just an average guy working in a hardware store. Well, my wife, she could care less. She would come into the store where I work. I'd be running the cash register. She'd walk in. She had this big smile on her face. Hey, baby, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And then just leave. Yeah. She accepted me for me, not my stuff. Mm. That's one of the reasons why I love her. She just loves me for me, no matter what I do. And so now, you know, as a writer and a speaker and a TV host and all of that, we have a wonderful life together, but it's still based on her love for me, not what I do, but who I am. I remember the moment I said to a friend, we were at a pool party. I said, I'm two or three decisions away from being in a cardboard box. And Jess said, and I'd be in that box with you. Mm. I was like, man, you know, you talk about something that the person you're dating says that makes you think this might be the one that was one of it. And that was probably the moment I was like, okay, Ted, you need to seriously start thinking about this girl. But the point being, there's probably some high earners listening to this episode right now who unfortunately have to question, is it me or my money? Mm -hmm. And that's a question us as men never want to have to ask and have to maybe contemplate when it's this person laying next to us each night. Yeah. Number four. Number four, to be a man, you must have titles, positions, and power. <laughs> so we live in a culture that has conditioned us to believe that a man with a PhD is somehow better than a man with a GED. Mm-hmm. And that's an illusion. He may be at better educated, but it doesn't necessarily make him a better man. Now, unfortunately, a lot of men feel inferior because they may not have the titles, the positions, and don't see their own worth and value. And you, you, I'm sure you've heard a man who says, well, she's out of my league. I'm sure you've heard a man <laughs> say that, right? Yeah. Because if we don't have the titles, if we don't have them, if we don't have the stuff, we don't, you know, we don't think that they would like us. Well, see, that's the problem. I will assert that most women, most women want us for us. Mm-hmm. Not our stuff, not our titles, not our labels, not our bank accounts, but us. But as men, sometimes we feel so insecure that we think that's the only way we can keep our woman is by having all those external things. So to think that you have to have some sort of title to be a man is an illusion. Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. And the intimidation factor is the most important part because. 
when we talk about, oh, she's out of my league or this, the other thing, the irony, and I've seen many, many talk about how supermodels are lonely because they can't find any man to come and just talk to them. Right. (laughs) There was a song back in the seventies called when you're in love with a beautiful woman. I don't know if you remember that song, uh-huh. maybe way before your time. And the guy's singing and he says, when you're in love with a beautiful woman, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's because everybody wants her, everybody's attracted, you know, so it can be really intimidating. But when a man is truly comfortable and confident in himself, that's not an issue. He can have a beautiful woman and not even ever be concerned. For example, when my wife and I were getting married, I actually invited two of her old boyfriends to our wedding. No, no, no. To her 40th birthday. That's what, to her 40th birthday party. I invited two of her former boyfriends to her 40th birthday party, surprise party that I threw for her. Now, why would I do such a thing? Number one, I'm absolutely confident in our relationship and had no worries about whether or not she was going to try to hook up with her ex, right? Yeah. But I knew that she still cared for these two men and I'd met them. So it was fine. But it takes a lot of confidence in a man to be so confident in himself that he doesn't even worry about whether or not his wife is going to look at somebody else. Mm-hmm. I never, ever in 20 something years that we've been together, that thought has never even crossed my mind. My wife had a client asked if he could fly to Cuba or somewhere because she's an interior decorator. My wife said, would it be OK if I go? I said, why not? Mm-hmm. You, over there, you make that money. Come on, make back. that money. Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> make that money. Bring it back. So anyway, so that's that's the illusion. We we get caught up in these titles and somehow believe that that somehow makes us better men. And it's not about the title. It's about who we are. And last but not least, illusion number five yeah. is to be a man. You must constantly compete with and try to outdo other men. <laughs> now, there's this unwritten law. As men, how many of you have heard of keeping up with the Joneses? What the hell is that about? Competition. Mm-hmm. We're always competing against each other, whether it be having a better watch, having a bigger bank account, the bigger house or whatever. We have this idea that as men, we're always supposed to be trying to one up each other. I say it's time to change that conversation. Move away from competition. Move more into collaboration collaboration where we as men come together to talk about and connect intimately with each other as men. Mm-hmm. Because there's an, act, an actual magic that happens when men get vulnerable, when men allow themselves to be real. Now, it takes a lot of work to get to that place. You know, it takes courage, mm-hmm. right, to do that. But what I know, and I'm going to assume the men that are watching this are open-minded enough to say, you know what? I think I'd like to experience that. Whatever that is he's talking about, I think I'd like to experience that. Well, again, there's lots of programs out there that can support men in doing that, but it takes a man being courageous to get out of the man box and to say, look, I want to be authentically myself. Yeah. And whatever it takes to do that, I'm willing to do it. Man, and I think that identity, that confidence, and that focus is what's so attractive to really other people not just the opposite sex or whatnot, just other people. Because when you mentioned the, the competition, I'll be honest, I'm a competitive person, but the most, <laughs> the biggest competitor I have is the person looking back at me in the mirror. 
Absolutely. And I like helping other people compete with their former selves. So when you talk about collaboration, you're collaborating with somebody and case in point, me and my coworker, we go to the gym after work. We wake up at 2 a.m. We're at work at 3 a.m. We get out at 11.30 a.m. The last thing we want to do is go to the gym. But the accountability, we don't go to the gym to compete with each other. We go to the gym, like cheer each other on. Hey, last week I saw you do this. It even happened to to me today. My friend's like, hey, that's really cute, Ted. Put those weights back up. We're going up. And it's not him competing with me. It's him having me compete with my former self. So when you talk about that collaboration and one of the foundations and values we talk about with modern man is embrace discomfort, cultivate community, unlock potential. It's the community that helps that thing go. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Go together. So five illusions of manhood is the non-emotional disconnected, sexual conquest, money and material possessions, titles, positions, power, and competition with other men. Michael, (laughs) how can guys get more information and dig deeper to some of these thoughts? Because clearly this has been something you've spent a lot of time. I mean, 10 books, another book coming out. You've been dedicating your life to this work. And a lot of us, like you said, get in our heads, want to sit down and think our way through a problem. But sometimes someone gives us the guidebook to at least give us some shortcuts. So I'd love for the men watching or listening to kind of have that shortcut as well. Well, if they go to a new conversation with men.com, that's a new conversation with men.com, they can gain access to a free ebook that goes over the five illusions that we just talked about. It's a very powerful ebook that will enlighten you as a man, help mm-hmm. you see, see masculinity from a different perspective. And also on the site, you know, there's access to books, there's access to podcasts, all designed to be exactly what you're promoting with the modern man is for men to become the best version of themselves, because it's really about personal growth and commitment to oneself. And the good news is, When I started this process some 25 years ago, there were very few resources for men to talk about some of this stuff. But my commitment to creating a new paradigm of masculinity, I'm filled with optimism because of people like yourself, the younger generation that are having this conversation, which I didn't have anybody to talk to back when I was starting out. I was, you know, sitting in the bookstores and libraries by myself trying to figure it all out and, you know, just trying to put all the pieces together. But that's why I was so excited to be on your show. Because the more we as men talk about this, the more we transform society. And I think that's ultimately what my goal is, to help transform the society. No, absolutely. And just the power that we can have when we lean into each other and have these conversations. Really quick before we wrap up, what would be the first step? What advice would you give to anyone listening who might have that isolation, that solitude, and don't know how to start cultivating a deep, meaningful relationship with somebody? Because obviously the first step is really what it's all about. What would you tell somebody in their lowest low or something to get started? Well, again, I think the most difficult three words for any man to say is I need help. So first and foremost, know that there is no shame in saying I need help. There's no shame in seeking support, understanding that you don't have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. You're not alone. There are people, organizations that can support you and help you move through whatever challenge you may be going through. But it's a matter of you being courageous enough to reach out. Hmm. It could be just as simple as saying, you know what? Maybe I'll go to therapy. 
you know, or maybe I'll go join a support group, whatever it takes. But know that you're not alone, because I think that's the greatest travesty of our society, that so many men feel alone. They feel isolated. They don't think anyone will understand what they're going through as if they're the only one that's ever had that problem. No, we've all dealt with the same crap. (laughs) (laughs) And so we just have to be courageous enough to say, you know, I'm tired of that. I'm ready to transform. So it begins with those three simple words. I need help. And then being willing to take action to find that help. Absolutely. Getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. Michael Taylor, author, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, coach, coach Michael T. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your commitment and your life's work and sharing with us here on the Modern Man podcast today. It has been my absolute pleasure. Once again, kudos to you, my brother, for doing the work that you're doing, because it takes all of us. Yeah, absolutely. All of us. So I'm glad to be a part of your community. And I appreciate the mentorship too. We've had a, a number of calls and you've poured into me and, and that's been huge and pivotal in my journey. So thank you so much. And I was excited to share this episode with the Modern Man fans, listeners, and watchers. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. And to everybody that made it with us to the end, we appreciate you as well. And you probably know somebody who can get value from this episode. So please share it with them. Leave us a rating and let us know how we're doing. And of course, if you want to submit and subscribe to the podcast and get a new episode each and every single week. It would mean the world to us. That's the best compliment you can give us. We'll continue to share this content to help men unlock their potential and put wind in their sails. And of course, we'll always have another episode coming for you next week. Take care, guys. 